Hello, welcome to Pause to Pray. My name is Adam Schindler. Um, coming to you today from my home studio. I tried to do this a little bit earlier in the day at 11.11 Eastern, and I had technical difficulties. So I got back to my house, and I am going to share with you today um, the beginning of something, uh, a new series, something that I call Illegitimate Rulers. Um, and this idea uh, of illegitimate rulers is, is something the Lord's really been impressing on my heart. And over the last few months, if you followed Million Voices or me on my page, um, you've heard me talk some about this and a lot of other people, but I really felt like the Lord was saying that I need to develop this idea uh, more. So I'm working now on a book called Illegitimate Rulers, and over the next 10, 12, maybe 15 weeks, I'm going to talk through the structure of that. And it's based upon the book of the Exodus, okay? Because the Exodus book is a powerful articulation of what I feel like humanity is going through right now. There are so many similarities and connections with the book of Exodus, the journey out of slavery, out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, into the promised land of freedom, the covenant promise. And it's also connected to the exile, the second Exodus in the scripture, out of Babylon. Um, and so I'm going to develop some of these topics, but uh, today I wanted to introduce the idea and pray, because the reality is... Uh, as far as I can tell, that the world is at a point now in human history when we have discovered that we need other forms of government, okay? From nations to denominations to individual households, like we are coming to understand that we need a new way of governing how we're moving in the earth. Now, sometimes that means throwing off the old and adopting something new, like, that's what it was in 1776 for America, right? We, we threw off the tyranny of the British rule that didn't care about the individual rights of the colonists. We declared our independence um, and declared our radical dependence upon God, right? That was a revolution. Other times there's reformation when the systems are in place, but they have to be tweaked. They have to be reformed. They have to be remade or gone back to their origins, Um but new forms of governing uh, on the earth, all across the earth, people are recognizing this, okay? And one of the things that needs to happen when we discover that we need another form of government is that we have to come out from the bondage to the illegitimate rulers in our lives, that it is both personal and it's corporate, that that God does in the world through you what he first does to you and in you, okay? And this is one of the reasons why um, at Million Voices that we reject uh, and are outwardly speaking against the principles of critical race theory, critical social justice, um, the Frankfurt School, and all of that, um, because those whole ideologies are not about an individual responsibility and heart commitment to truth and honesty. Uh, those whole systems, that system is built upon an ideology that doesn't require personal accountability, but it's a system problem. But if the problem with the system is the system then there's really no hope for reformation. You just have to tear the system down and put a new one in. But if the problem with the system is the human heart, hearts can be reformed and transformed. Um, and I'm getting off on that. But 
The reality for me is that we need another way of reorganizing our own souls and connection to God and our governments, particularly in America and across the earth, have got to be reformed, okay? And we have to continually combat the aggressive reconstruction of something that has been foundational in America. And to do that, we need to understand the personal accountability and responsibility we have to overthrow and to submit to Jesus in all the areas of our life where there are illegitimate rulers. Illegitimate rulers surrounding economy and money, surrounding life, um, how we tend to our wombs, how we tend to our bodies, illegitimate rulers when it comes to sexuality and gender identity, illegitimate rulers when it comes to um, a lot of different things. And so I want to talk through and teach through and then pray through, uh, and it won't be super long, I promise you, although I can't get long-winded like right now. I want to talk through the 10 plagues of the Exodus, because each one of those plagues deals with a specific God of Egypt, and God was dismantling the illegitimate rulers that sits on top the mountains of influence in Egypt so that he could dismantle in culture and relieve to, 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 to what's the right word, save or um, liberate his children from the idolatry that they all had in their own hearts when they were dependent upon those individual gods of Egypt. So this is what I'm going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks. And to start, I want to read to you this passage in Exodus chapter 6. Um, this is the Lord speaking to Moses. Because before he sets his nations free, before God sets the American nation free from this bondage, he sends an anointed leader, uh, which in our case is Jesus, the Messiah, and his representatives on the earth, but he sends a leader to declare a liberation message. And I want to read what the Lord says to Moses here in this type, in this shadow of another prophet like him, Jesus, that rose up. But this is Exodus chapter 6, verse 1. But the Lord God said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, the ultimate illegitimate ruler. For with a strong hand, I will send them out. Or with a strong hand, he, Pharaoh, will send them, the, the Hebrews, out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they live as sojourners. So this moment is key because God comes to his leader that he's building up, and we'll talk about Moses next week, but he's building up his leader and he's telling him, I am coming to confirm the covenant that I made with your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, it's one thing to be a covenant maker. It's another thing to be a covenant keeper. In the end of the Second World War, the Allied nations got together and formed the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And this organization banded together a handful of sovereign states in a treaty that at the heart of it was something called Article 5, and still is. Article 5 is what's known as the Collective Defense Clause. It essentially says that an attack against one member nation is an attack against all member nations. And if that happens, all member nations need to react and respond. This is, we called this a treaty. 
Our modern sensibilities sort of shunned the ancient word for this, but that's what's known as a covenant. Okay, and collective defense, if you attack one, you attack all, because these nations came into covenant with one another, right? In the end, I think it was 46 that that was made. One time in the last 80 years has that covenant been invoked. The covenant was made, but now it needed to be invoked. And the one time that Article 5 was invoked was on September 12, 2001 the day after the Twin Towers were attacked and assaulted in the Pentagon and the plane downed outside of Pennsylvania. That September 11th event triggered all the member nations recognizing they had to keep the covenant. Okay, and that caused a lot of geopolitical problems and it's the background for so much of what's gone on globally in the last 20 years since that horrific 9-11 event. But it was the covenant keeping of a treaty that was made 75 years ago, well, I guess 60 some years ago at that point, that, that, that triggered this global conflagration and fight against the war on terror. The point of that is that when you make a covenant, there comes a point in human history when you have to keep the covenant. And this is what God is doing with Moses. This is what God is doing with the Babylonian exile. This is what God was doing with Jesus of Nazareth. The covenant-keeping God was sending the collective defense uh, treaty, invoking the collective defense treaty, and sending his weapons of warfare to the earth. Jesus, the Messiah, the liberator. Okay, and I am, I am hearing now, and many people are hearing this, and we're going to continue to declare this. We believe that God is not done with America. He has declared that America is a nation of deliverers, and he is coming after a 400-year covenant promise with America at the, at the um, Mayflower Compact on 11-11-1620. After 400 years, God is invoking collective defense, and he is coming to keep his covenant promise. Okay, and that's where we believe that we are in a nation right now. God has a covenant promise with this country, and he's not done, and he is coming to keep the promise. Now, what does that mean? How does that look like? How do we react and respond? What is our job as believers to follow in with him? These are all of the questions that we seek to answer. Okay, but I want to give context for that. He's keeping his covenant promise to his nation, and he's coming to deliver us from bondage. One last thing here, and then we'll pray. What's our bondage? Right? What is it? And we can point to this system and this policy and this bad thing in culture. We can point to Hollywood, or we can point to George Soros, or we could point to, you know, critical race theory, right? There's lots of things that we can point to and say, these are the problem. But when God comes, invoking collective defense, covenant keeping, when Jesus, the ultimate expression of perfect theology and God's liberation plan for the planet, when God sends his liberator to the earth, does Jesus come and dismantle governmental power and say the system is broken and rage against the machine? Is that what Jesus comes and does? No. What's God's liberation strategy for his people? Get your heart free. Get it connected to Jesus. You must be born again. 
to have a new birth of freedom into the heart of Jesus. And with all the cultural and societal problems, the primary message of Jesus was not topple Rome and install one of the apostles as Caesar. The primary call of Jesus was to abide in Christ, submit your heart to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Connect your heart and your spirit up to God. Now, what I love so much about the Gospels and the book of Acts is that what happens when the children of God connect their heart to the Messiah and actually begin to live in the power of the poured out spirit? The nations change. The governors and rulers come to know the Lord and shift. Does it solve all the problems? No. But does the nation get transformed? Absolutely. This is what we see in, in the, the Greco-Roman world and the way the gospel went up through Galatia and Corinth and into Rome. And in the next 150 years, that whole area, the ends of the earth, which is what it was called, came to know the power of the risen Messiah. Okay, and so we need to know that as God is dismantling the systems that hold us in bondage, his message of liberation is not to destroy the system, but to reform and transform and liberate the human heart. And when that happens, we go and we take that liberated heart and we begin to move in mountains of culture and influence to shift and transform. God didn't set his people free to be raptured off the planet. He set his people free to be salt and light and transform the systems that desperately need us. But to do that, he has to liberate us from all the illegitimate rulers in our life. And we'll be talking about that over the next 10, 12 weeks or so. How the Nile River, the blood denial, was a particular god, Kanum. How the frogs that came, that was a goddess, Heket, that was about fertility. It's about birth control. It's about abortion. It's about the way that people cared for their life. Each week, I'm going to walk through one of the plagues over the next few weeks, talk about the illegitimate rulers and how we get set free. But today we need to know and now we need to pray that as God sets our nation free, we in faith believe that, we can see that. You who are connected to the heart of the Father and the Spirit of God can see we are in the birth pains of a liberation, a freedom movement, okay? We don't know all the details of how it's going to happen, but we can see that it is happening even though it's dark and scary. Okay, and so pray with me this morning for our nation by praying for the human heart, that we would have the illegitimate rulers exposed in our lives, liberated, set free, so that we could become the things that God has called us to be. Would you guys pray with me? King Jesus, I bless you, and I thank you, Father, that you are a good Father, and that you have given us everything that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us according to your purposes, Father. And Daddy, we declare in Jesus' name our undying love, affection, and devotion to you. Father, though the nations rage and crumble, you speak a word and the whole earth melts, it says in the Psalms. Father, so we believe, God, that even in the middle of the chaos, yes, God, especially in the middle of the chaos, that your word has power. And it has power to transform human hearts. It has power to liberate those that are in bondage. It has power and authority to work miraculous works 
Deeds through the divine speech of children empowered with the Spirit of God can transform hearts, can transform cities, can transform states and nations. We believe that, Jesus. I pray right now, Father, for the church of Jesus that is going through so much transformation, a reorganizing, a restructuring, a coming out of bondage. Father, we pray for denominations and people that are struggling, denominations in particular, that are struggling with the political implications of all the things that are happening in the earth. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would give divine wisdom, inspiration, and knowledge to these denominations that have been so powerful and important in the earth. Father, but we pray also, Jesus, that anything that isn't from God would not have its authority and seats of authority in the church. Father, we do come against right now illegitimate rulers in the churches in America, pastors and denominational leaders and people on boards and elder committees, people that are holding on to political power inside the church in America. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would uproot, expose, and remove the illegitimate rulers inside the church. Any wolf in sheep's clothing, Father, we ask that those things would be exposed. And not just Jesus, people that think differently about baptism or theology or a particular thing. But Father, the illegitimate rulers that are sitting in the church, that are saying Jesus isn't the Son of God, that you don't have to follow him to know the Father, that Jesus was doing all these different things that he was never doing, that he never lived and died to to reveal to the earth. Father, we pray that those illegitimate rulers would be exposed, uprooted, and removed in Jesus' name. Give us the eyes to see and ears to hear who they are, what they're doing, so that we can both reject the, the, the hooks, and Father, we can also work for truth, righteousness, and justice. Jesus, we do believe, God, that your end times plan is the redemption of the earth through your bride. Father, and there is no scenario in the scriptures and in our future where the bride of Jesus, the church, the ecclesia of God ceases to exist. Father, and even though denominations and buildings may close, your bride will never close because the church has left the building and it lives in our hearts. Father, I pray, God, for this remnant bride, this uncomfortable in-between space, God, where legacy denominations are crumbling, new things are yet fully established and we're in between the old and the new. We're not in the fullness of what's coming, but we've left where we've been. Father, we pray for the bride of Jesus right now. Father, those that are listening and praying with million voices and following along with us, Father, that feel like they're refugees in church culture, that they don't have a home church, that something happened in COVID and their pastors caved to the CRT message and they cave to the COVID crisis and didn't know how to lead through it. Father, we pray for those that find themselves without a local physical church, Father, that is connected to your heart. Father, I pray a special blessing and grace over them in Jesus' name. Father, that they would receive the nurturing, fathering heart of Jesus. Father, I ask that you would teach us at Million Voices, uh, particularly, God, how to love and pastor and organize and, and create a new thing, Jesus, for the bride of Christ, the ecclesia, those that need pastoral, loving, ecclesia, church care. 
Father, teach us new things, Father, how to organize, unite, and connect to your heart in new and remarkable ways. Father, we thank you, Jesus, um, for the reviving life that you're pouring into lots of different places. Father, from some of the Baptist revivals that are happening in Tennessee and other places to places in North Georgia to the stuff that that other groups are doing all around the nation, going into the hardest hit of the urban centers and just worshiping Jesus. Father, there's so much outpouring going on in the earth today. And Jesus, we ask God that that would be celebrated and protected, Father, by your purity. Father, I do ask that there would be a purity movement, Father, inside of a liberation movement. Father, to be set free in our own lives also means to be bound in purity and covenant union with you, Jesus, both in our hearts, Father, in our bodies, in what we eat and what we look at and what we listen to, Jesus, that it isn't just about a puritanical fear of encountering darkness in the world. But Jesus, give us a hunger for truth and righteousness. Give us a hunger to be pure, to have the eye cleansed so the whole body can see. Father, give us a thirst for righteousness and a hunger for purity. Father, not because it makes us right or better, but because it brings the dead parts of us back to life. We thank you, Jesus, that everything that you prune grows. And anything that needs to be delivered must be pruned. Father, so I pray also in these hours, God, as many people are going through a pruning process, as we are experiencing the cutting off, the disentangling, the removal of the good so that we can live in the great that you've called us to. Father, I pray that you would give us understanding that we are not getting destroyed by God, we are getting pruned by God. Okay, we are getting the stuff in our lives, even the good things, especially the good things, cut off so we can live in the new thing we don't quite see, but we know is in front of us. Father, we thank you. We receive the pruning. We receive the correction. Father, we receive and agree with the words in Hebrews that God corrects and disciples by disciplining those he loves. That is a fathering correction to children. So we thank you, Jesus, that you are indeed correcting, pruning, directing us, God, so that we can live alive in you. Jesus, we bless you. Father, we thank you that you are reviving and reforming. And when the reviving of the heart meets the reformation of the system, national transformation happens. So we believe you, Jesus, for national transformation in America and also the other nations of the earth to revive the human heart and reform the human system so national transformation can take place. We love you, King Jesus. We believe you for these things. Give us wisdom and understanding to see your heart and be at peace as far as it's possible with all men. We love you, King Jesus. We bless you in your holy and precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for jumping on and joining.
see a bunch of the comments from y'all on Facebook and also on YouTube. I'm streaming to YouTube as well. Good morning. So thank you. If you haven't followed Million Voices, please go to millionvoices.org and get connected with us. You can sign up to receive a weekly newsletter. We've got a ton of great content that we put out every single week. Our founder and CEO, John Graves, is a contributor on um, a handful of TV shows. You might see him. I'm totally forgetting now. Uh, Victory Channel, that's it. Um, so he's been off for a week on a family vacation, getting some rest, but we've got him. He contributes a bunch, got a bunch of great content on our website, millionvoices.org, and also follow us, facebook.com forward slash millionvoices.org to get connected to these daily live broadcasts we do with Pause to Pray every day, except for Sundays, about 11.11, Eastern Central Mountain. We've got a variety of people that join us and pray. So, Bless you all. I just want to say one more prayer over everyone's weekend. It's Friday, it's Shabbat, it's time for rest. So Father, we just pray in Jesus' name, rest right now. Father, we declare rest. Father, we speak out. There are things, in, there are people listening to this right now that things will not calm down unless you speak like Jesus spoke in the storm to be still. Okay, you can't, you can sleep in calmness in the middle of the storm, but if you want the storm to stop, stand up and speak to that storm and say, peace, be still in Jesus' name. I don't know who that's for, but I know there's stillness promised. I don't know if it's for you or if it's for the people in your boat, but speak to the storm and tell it to be still this weekend. Tell it to be still and receive the peace and the shalom of resting in the middle of the chaos, you can rest because Jesus is good and you're his kid. God bless you all. Thank you so much for pausing and praying with me today. Take care of yourselves. Bye.